I'm Dr. Scott Lyons, and you're watching or listening to The Gently Used Human. Have you ever looked straight into the night sky, raised an angry fist up, and said, hey, you're not the boss of me, and then sheepishly added, are you? Who or what really is in charge of our personality, relationships, destiny, or even the best time to buy a new car? Could the answers possibly be in the arrangement of the stars? Or have we given our agency to a blistering ball of gas to soothe our existential anxiety? In this episode, I speak with the ridiculously hilarious, charming, and brilliant Colin Bedell, astrologer and coach. We explore the parallels between astrology and psychological archetypes that help us deconstruct the kaleidoscope of human nature and gain insight into our patterns of how we move through this world. We explore the tough questions of when does astrology or spirituality require us to give up our own power for someone or something else to tell us who we are and what we should do? And when does it offer a map back into a deeper sense of ourselves? Buckle your flirtatious seatbelt because this episode will take you on a blushing good ride to the stars and back. Colin Bedell is a best-selling author and speaker on astrology and relationships. He's the co-founder of Queer Cosmos, a comparative astrological resource for LGBTQIA folks. Well and Good Magazine listed Colin as one of the most influential people in the wellness industry as a 2020 innovator. Colin's the weekly horoscope writer for Cosmopolitan.com. He's a best-selling author, including the books A Little Bit of Astrology, Queer Cosmos, The Astrology of Queer Identities and Relationships, and Gemini. Colin's been featured on Good Morning America, New York Magazine, MTV, and TLC show Stargazing. Colin is featured as a seasonal regular astrologer on Discovery Plus's new show, Written in the Stars, a docu-series about the astrology of relationships that premiered in November 2022. Let's get this show started. All right, Colin. Scott, Dr. Scott. <laughs> Welcome to the Gently Used Human. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start with a little gushing. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Well, then I'm going to return the favor. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, okay. don't make it too long so I don't forget anything. Oh, <laughs> well, I just want to say you are so delightfully vulgar. Oh, uh, thank you. And articulate. And, you know, I was binge watching you on Instagram about two weeks ago and played a drinking game for every time you swore. Okay. And I'm still drunk. That's like your profanity mixed with the depth of psychology and your directness and your knowledge of astronomy and astrology and a oh. no shits attitude. It's like everything I love about New Yorkers. Oh, thank you so much. You have some of that energy. I'm a New Yorker. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. going to say, I have your birth location. I didn't see New York on there. Yeah, don't tell people because I have stalkers. Yeah. Okay, right. No, yeah. no one's going to know. That's why I said <laughs> I have your birth. It's not New York. So, it limits it down quite a lot. But yeah, you had that energy. You started fighting with me as soon as this started. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. Well, for those who are listening, fighting in New York means hello. Affection. It's affection. Yeah. It's like, it's our love language of intimacy. One hostility. Yes. Hostility. A, little bit, a, little bit, a little bit of violence. Yeah. I know every time I leave the Northeast, I'm like, wow, I must be scaring the living daylights out of these people. I know yeah. I am. Yeah. Yes. My sister on the phone yesterday called me an asshole and I said, no, 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 I'm a New Yorker. Oh, right. Sis. And she was like, I don't see the difference. And I said, well... 
you're from Minnesota. This is this is the difference. This is the difference. Yeah. Oh well, thank you for saying that because yeah, I had a lot of family members telling me, and now they're like, okay, we were wrong. They're like, the more you curse, the less people are going to take you seriously. I'm like, guys, bitches, motherfuckers, it's a whole new world. Everybody relax. Oh my gosh. And that's the culture. It's like I learned how to curse before I learned how to crawl. Where did I get this from? My mother. Okay, so I'm not going to minimize that online. And I still got degrees. So why can't we do both? It's true. You got to be authentically you, which is vulgar, vulgar, just delightfully (laughs) vulgar. Now, Colin, I saw you on the streets of New York City a couple months ago. And? Well, I I will admit I blanked on your name in the moment because I got a little excited. So I just started shouting, astrology, astrology. Oh, my God. Did I turn around and hear it or no? You did not. No, you were totally oblivious. Other people turned around, (laughs) but you did not. Other people wanted to talk to me about astrology. You know what? We're going to pretend it wasn't me. We're going to just pretend that. Maybe you saw somebody who looked like me, and that's going to be the story now. Let's he rewrite history. He did have a more, like, filled-out mustache at the time. A couple of months ago. Okay, so that would have been the winter. Was it cold? I, it's all... I don't it's know. It's all blurry. I don't, I mean, it's all blurry. I'm still drunk from two weeks ago when I played right. the drinking game of how often you curse on your Instagram. Yeah, you're like, I'm inebriated. I don't know uh, time. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? You're in the business of time? Yeah. Omni-time is all I subscribe to. Omni time. Yeah, no, people will yell astrology, queer cosmos, mother, you know, <laughs> punk ass bitch. And I'm like, yes, what? Okay. You, you know, respond so. to all of these. A hundred percent. Yes. Just so I know for our future, yeah. is there anything you won't respond to? Absolutely not. Amazing. Yeah. Unless like people think, oh, you know what? When people think I'm from New Jersey, I'm going to be like, wow. How many times? No, I love New Jersey. They're going to be like, <laughs> fuck him. No, but when people think I'm from New Jersey, I'm like, girlies, come on. Or like, yeah, someone thought I was from Massachusetts the other day. I was like, oh, what? I love this, Mass, but clearly not the same thing. Go this ahead. is like New York pride at its finest. Arrogance. Yeah. Another way of saying <laughs> grandiosity and arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. It's just called like, clearly in Instagram, I have announced I'm from Long Island. Nowhere else. That's not New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. My first week in New York, I was in an elevator with someone and I said something and I had my Minnesota accent then still. And he goes, where are you from? That's my best New York accent, which after 20 years, I still can't do. That was great. Can you help me out? How would you say it? Where are you from? Where you're from? Where Where you're from? Yeah, exactly. Where you're from? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I said, I'm from Minnesota. And he goes, ugh, the Midwest (laughs) doesn't exist to us. (laughs) I was just like, you know, this shy little 17-year-old twink in New York City. right. And I was like, oh, okay. And I learned very quickly to just say I'm from New York. Smart, smart. Yeah, Yeah, because you, honestly, you don't have the accent. You could do it probably if you needed to. But a lot of New Yorkers don't necessarily have one. You have the energy. You started fighting and sparring with me. And I was like, great. All right, we're going to have fun. It's the sense of urgency, even though you have nowhere to go. That's really the vibe. Yeah, it's called, there is no speed limit higher than 55 in this state. And I'm always doing 80. Why? 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 Where am I going? Okay. Ten hundred percent. Yeah, I ten trillion. And then that's another thing we yeah. always love to do is just like the drama of the percentages. It just always gets bigger. The percentages, the one upping. Oh my god, a hundred percent. Yeah, ten hundred percent. Exactly. Trillion zillion percent. Yeah. Colin. Yes. What is astrology? Just asking for a friend here. 
Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. It's a pseudoscience. It's a bunch of bullshit. No, so it is not. It is the <laughs> mapping. Okay. And this is so cool to speak to a doctor about this. A doctor. Oh, a doctor. All right, a doctor. So it's the mapping of the sun, the moon, and the planets Mercury to Pluto, because the sun and the moon are luminary, so mm-hmm. they're technically not planets. But it's the location, it's the mapping of the sun, the moon, Mercury to Pluto in any of the 12 zodiac constellations. So in exactly one hour, the sun will enter, will begin a transit into the constellation of Cancer and your birthday is coming up. Happy solar return. And that's how astrologers would say happy birthday. And so what we do is we map the planets and luminaries in the constellations. We then see if they're forming a certain interpersonal dynamic with each other because Mm -hmm. they do. Those are called aspects in astrology. Mm -hmm. And we are trying to use that moment point to tell a story or to interpret. And I think what I love about astrology right now is that it's connecting people to a sense of spirituality and spirituality defined by you know, as the path of the heart, as just a connection to an inextricable connection, right? And so, that's what I love it for. And I love it as a lens into the intersection of cognition, emotion, and behavior. Damn. Right? So, there's so many ways that you could use it. There's not one way. We all sound convinced, but I think most astrologers are sure of nothing, as I think most even scientists. Doctors. Absolutely. We're all doing the best we can with the tools that we have. But I really love the way that astrology can provide a level of clarity and personal insight in ways that, frankly, I just have not seen a metaphysical tool do as effectively as astrology. I haven't found it yet. Wow. Yeah. Now, I am so curious. What happened in the world of astrology when Pluto got canceled? You want to talk about drama? Yeah, I want to talk about the drama. Okay. Well, immediately, I, which may not have been sensitive at the time, got a MAGA-style hat that said, make Pluto a planet again. (laughs) Just to really have these bitches lighten the fuck up. Do you still have that hat? Uh, No. No. Because, like, I just, I know, part of me wants to just to, like, scare people. Because I'm a Gemini. I love to, like, kind of, you know, like, poke people. Sure. And just basically. You're a provocateur. Listen, maybe. Okay. What did you say? Delightfully vulgar provocateur. I love it. Okay. Yeah. I just like to be that trickster archetype. But, no, I don't have it anymore, sadly. But astrologers were just kind of like, well, that's NASA. We don't have to agree. And then thus we went furthering this campaign of misinformation (laughs) and conspiracy, okay? And here we are. I love that there is a pod of astrologers that are dueling with NASA. You know, frankly, I think we're dueling with each other more than we are (laughs) with NASA because one would think we would have reached consensus on things, but I'm sure even in the medical industry, it's pretty similar. You know, God forbid we like know how to get along. In-group fighting is all the rage. It's so in vogue right now. And I'm just like, do we or do we not have this skill for relational science? It just blows my mind. But yes, I think that what astrologers decided to do was just say, all right, business as usual, girlies. We don't have to listen to them. And I said, aye, aye, Captain. And that was it. I love that. Yeah. I love that we can just ignore the rage of science. Absolutely. That's what I said. Like, we are just continuously propagating misinformation and conspiracy theories. And like, frankly, I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) So, speaking of fighting against NASA and obstinance, 
When someone really struggles with authority figures or outside forces like dictating who they are, how they should be, mm. how do you rectify that or navigate it in relation to astrology? Asking for a friend. Oh, great question. Well, I would just say, okay. <laughs> it's just called I'm going to let people live their fucking life. Colin, I'm talking about me. I don't Baby. know if that was like... <laughs> I, I mean, it was kind of obvious, but it's just was called it? like... Yeah, it's like, okay, like, whatever works for you, honey. I don't uh, care. I really don't care. I genuinely mean that. No, I appreciate that you don't care about me. <laughs> no, no, cancer. I mean that I don't care if other people decide astrology isn't going to help them make sense of their insight, their behavior, and their relational choices. I just hope that whatever they do find works for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like this inner battle. Okay. That I, I actually really appreciate where it's like exactly what you said, like it offers insight, it offers another container for more information about yourself or yes. reflection about yourself, yes. which is really beautiful. And I don't like being labeled or told who I am and how I should have been or should be. Yes. Or like if I say something or do something, just being like, oh, that's because of you know, Pluto was in Uranus or whatever it was. Oh, I bet it was. Hence it, the blue tongue. That's the... <laughs> Viewers. Viewers. Listeners. <laughs> I have a blue tongue because I, I took a little tonic. Yeah, Pluto was in Uranus. Continue. Mm -hmm. It's actually the tonic I started two weeks ago as part of the drinking game of watching Colin's Instagram. <laughs> just to be clear. This is me still drunk. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, how, like, I don't know. I'm asking for maybe a little, like, insight. How do we reconcile that? How do we reconcile that? Well, frankly, I would actually validate and agree that while there are amazing astrologers who do not necessarily define who you are, mm -hmm. there are many who do. You know, there's a lot of information you know, online and other places where it's like, these are the signs that will be feeling really anxious. It's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Don't you dare run your goddamn mouth and tell me what's going to happen to me. All right. And I think there is a way actually to use this system to provide people with enough creativity and generative possibility rather than me determining what's going to happen to you and who you are because of it. I don't take that stance. And I actually think I learned this predominantly through my friends in social work who taught me about strengths-based assessments rather than deficit-based models, where if I'm leaning with deficit-based model, I have the knowledge, Scott, it's because you're this way. And so therefore, now we have a power differential. Now I have power over. I don't practice my astrology like that. And many astrologers don't, some do. And others actually get some sense of peace from that in terms of like, oh, good, someone else can decide what's going to happen for me. I don't have to, you know? And so I would agree with that. And also I would say that perhaps we could interpret astrology to help you in your context more effectively. And even from that approach, if you decide it's not for you, then it's not for you. And then I hope whatever spiritual practice works for you gives you the results you want. Yeah. Such a humanistic response. Stop. But it's true. It so is I'm true. I'm with you on that. I, yeah. I see my colleagues do that. And because, look, I'm not the vigilante of the astrological community. I'm like, look, that's between you and your people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I appreciate that. I appreciate, like, there's a difference between usurping power and giving agency. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. And how would you define that distinction? 
Well, I think it's the same what you named in therapy. It's like saying like, here's I as the person who is the official and has the degrees on the wall, right. etc. Right. Know you better than you, which is bullshit. A hundred I could never know you better than you. hundred percent. hundred percent. And to take away someone's power is replicating so many of our cultural social traumas. And prediction occasionally yeah. is that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. what if instead we're interpreting, we're generating, we're providing yeah. people with the collaborative conversation between them and divinity as we experience and understand it and don't lead from the premise that I know you don't. Yeah. What yeah. if instead I lead from the premise, and I say this in all my readings, you're the expert of your own life and this is what I'm seeing. What do we do from here? Yeah. And that gives someone agency to like be in relation to the material, relationship to the theory of psychology, relationship to the theory of, of astrology without it taking away something, but it instead provides insight. That's the goal. Insight and action steps too. Yeah. yeah, because I think that's also what astrology is. You know, there's several thousand different combinations of a natal chart that one could have. And so, if I don't hold this natal chart, who am I to interpret it in a way that posits more information than you do? Absolutely not. It's meant to be dialogic. It's meant to be possibility driven. And so, I understand your criticism. I think it's valid 100%. Oh, it wasn't a criticism. Oh, That's it, such a New York response. I know, but like I'm okay with criticism because to love is to critique. Oh my God. That is your love language. A thousand percent. It's called bitch, step it up. <laughs> you're giving me seven. I know you're capable of nine. Uh, why not 10? Okay. Well, start small because I'm a Virgo <laughs> South node. Okay. You can't, you got to learn how to crawl before you can sprint, Scott. You know this. And you got to learn how to swear before you can crawl. Without a doubt, no child of mine is going to crawl before they curse, I could tell you right now. <laughs> I don't have children yet, but if I did, maybe. They would be, yeah. oh be my God. the beast of the curse. The biggest potty mouths on the block, and they'd be like, we know whose children that is. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, in studying your socials and in reading your books and stuff, you know, one of the things I really identified, which was really helpful for me, moving away from that sense of astrology as like usurping power and moving into insight was like, I really understood a sense or a parallel between archetypes. Ah, yes, of course, of course. And I was like, oh, this is yes. really helpful of like, yes. and I, I was hoping you could talk more about how archetypes help us understand or deconstruct our patterns of human nature without telling us that we are the label, the archetype. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. And so, I was hoping you could kind of deconstruct how astrology is, is similar or your version of astrology mm. is similar in that way. Well, first of all, thank you for that close reading, okay? Because while I have not named my work as like archetypal in its methodology, yeah, I think that's what astrology can be is, you know, a study of the 12 archetypes. And yeah, so I'm not totally grounded in like archetypal analysis per se, although I'll say two things that's just coming up. Number one, I absolutely love Joseph Campbell, the comparative mythological scholar, you know, who wrote The Hero with a Thousand Faces, The Power of Myth with Bill Moyers on Netflix. And what he posits, which I could see from the astrological space, is that we have all of the divinities within us. This is us. We are them. There is no disconnection. And I think that isn't beautiful enough to convey what that provides to people. Continuity, a relationship to the ages, 
the feeling like, wow, so people three, 3,500 years ago were experiencing the same dilemmas today. I mean, in Caesar's day, they were literally saying, oh, the youngins are so narcissistic. Come on. You know, so I just think that's beautiful and that in some ways it shows how, you know, nothing changes, nothing is new under the sun. And that I think provides us with a sense of relief. Like we are not the only generation with a lot of problems under our supervision, everybody. Okay. You know, so I love that. Additionally, what I think it could do is just actually help us consider, okay, so just looking at the 12 zodiac signs, for example, each one, Scott, as I interpret it, represents a winning strategy. Each one no more or less significant than the others. And so when we're going through a significant transit that involves a particular sign or we're around and drawn to a pattern of a particular zodiac sign, that's a winning strategy that I think the universe is saying, hey, you might want to integrate it sometime. And then that helps me think of the Martin Luther King quote when he talked about how humanity is caught in a single garment of destiny, an inescapable network of mutuality. Astrology, to me, is that inescapable network of mutuality, perhaps archetypal mutuality where, you know, all right, I might be the verbal chatty Cathy Gemini, but what do I need to learn from cancer? Okay, thank you. And now how do we pass the baton to Leo? And wouldn't it be beautiful to see humanity in that relational equal lens where it's not more or less than, but same as, but different. And isn't that gorgeous? Mm -hmm. Or, I don't know, maybe I sound like miscongeniality, but I really think that could be, you know, <laughs> something to help us actually consider peace in our lives. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. So, it's not just like, here's what you are or no. like, this is what you're stuck in. It's like, it's really about the relational dynamics. Without a doubt. Because as you know, in medicine, what's the sole determiner of our life quality? Our relationships. Yeah. And if astrology isn't updating some of its ideas with the leading clinical and evidence-based research and, of course, the spiritual and soulful ideas as well, that we need to be pro-social species, then we are absolutely not helping. I'm patently convinced of that. And then astrology helps me understand, like, okay, this is your chart, whoop-de-fucking-do, but there's a lot of other combinations and you better be paying attention to that. And I don't use astrology for just more exercise and staring at your own asshole. I don't think... <laughs> That's the most sufficient lens of spirituality. It's like, this is me and I love myself. No, it's learn thyself, get over thyself, and then connect with other people because therein lies your strength. Yeah. I love that you've also shifted navel gazing to anal gazing. A thousand, well, hello, are we not queer boys? <laughs> oh, I'm not out, Colin. Oh, Thanks for just outing me. <laughs> Mom. Sorry, Mom. sorry, sorry, sorry. You did say twink, so oopsies. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know, no, I know, I know. I had a feeling. <laughs> I knew you were joking. Yeah, she was uh, like, what's a twink? Twinkies? No, mom. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. No. Happy mom. pride. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, I love that. And this idea that we can utilize uh, astrology in this way to help us deepen our sense of belonging. Without a doubt. And I just recorded something about cancer as the sign of belonging, mm. about what it means to belong to place, what it means to belong with people. This is cancerian in nature. And once again, we are neurobiologically hardwired for this. Mm. Yeah. And so, in the absence of belonging, there's always suffering. And I just actually said today, Sometimes the longer I study astrology, Scott, the more I consider the only necessary sign is cancer. 
Oh, go on, tell me more. I, uh, again, I sound convinced I'm sure of nothing. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the other signs sort of feel like electives to me. Still, they're all winning strategies, right? Like, absolutely, Sagittarius, get me out of my house. Capricorn, help me work. Aquarius, connect me to a community. Without Cancer, the bottom of the chart, the foundation of the chart, nothing can stand. Without family, connection, belonging, love, emotional safety, we cannot accomplish and experience anything worthwhile in life. I don't think Cancer is an elective. I think it is absolutely mandatory for graduation. It's a core requirement. Yeah. Yeah. And everything that we discussed, belonging and neurobiologically hardwired for connection, that's under your son's signs, Bailiwick. Bailiwick indeed. Can yes. You? <laughs> I didn't mean to just throw that down, but it just flew out of my mouth because it's true. I didn't want to say jurisdiction. It's not the same. But no, Bailiwick, I appreciate it. Okay, good. <laughs> I haven't heard someone use Bailiwick in almost 12 hours. So oh, it, wow. Who is the other one? I need to talk to them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's fine. I was drunk. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a moment to give a loud shout out to The Embody Lab, which is uh, one of the most incredible resources for body-based and somatic therapies. This show is all about healing, and The Embody Lab does exactly that. Whether you're on your own journey of transformation and discovery, or enhancing your skill sets in your career as like a coach or a therapist, a body worker, or really any career where you are supporting other gently used humans, the Embody Lab is your place for deep, inspiring and impactful workshops, certificates, masterclasses, and an incredible community of like-minded folks. I love the Embody Lab. And so do so many other people that call it a platform to come home to over and over again. The Embody Lab is giving my listeners an exclusive offer, a one-time 10% off code to enhance your embodied well-being. All you have to do is go to theembodylab.com and use the code GENTLYUSE10 at checkout. Can you talk us through the 12 signs, the 12 archetypes in this way of giving us a little like, I don't know, uh, like a well, dance party of each one or a monologue yes. or some combination of a dance party monologue? Oh, no, it's a dance party, girl. Come on. I want right? it. I want so it. So it's like Soul Train dance party. Can you give us a pop star for each of the 12 signs <laughs> as well? I'm going to be like, duh, but fuck, maybe I can't. I'm going to fucking try. Okay, here we go. Aries, they begin. They are the zodiac sign of desire and freedom. I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to try to just reduce them to two, although like obviously there's so much to each one. They're the zodiac sign of wanting and what it means to want and how wanting is our free will. Nobody can force wanting, but wanting helps us feel alive. It helps us feel connected to self. For pop stars, you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Lady Gaga, Mariah Carey, Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross, Celine Dion, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. So Aries, get out of here. The gays have diva week because they're all bored <laughs> in that fucking week. And so I love my Aries girls. I love them. I love Aries so fucking much. They light me up like a Christmas tree. They're so much fun. Yeah. So that's Aries. Taurus is the sign of, actually, interestingly enough, and I know you are Taurus moon, so spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Taurus is the sign of somatics and pleasure. 
Mm. Okay, so we need to be in our bodies. You know, Aries is the spark of life, Taurus grounds it down. And so we need to be embodied through the aesthetic proximity. But I also think that Taurus takes a stand for security, not financially, although that's nice, but actually through identifying and implementing our values. Because to me, that's the most enlightened context of security is I am who I say I am. I know what I value. I practice what I preach and teach. My life results back that shit up. And I fucking dare you to say something because you can't. So that's Taurus. I dare you. I Go ahead. I fucking dare you. I, I fucking dare you. Sit down. Try me. Play me. Play me. Mm. I dare you. That's Taurus shit, right? And then Gemini, okay, my zodiac sign, takes a stand for linguistics, mindfulness, and a sense of communication, right? So like Ludwig Bentenstein said, you expand your language, you expand your world. A lot of people working with limited language wondering why their world is limited. Yeah, well, maybe you need to practice word choice and use the right words at the right time. None of these shower performances five days later, you know, like you need to speak up. You need to use your words. Closed mouths don't get fed. And it's also an energy of dialogue, meaning if we're always in the parallel monologue structure with people, because that's how a lot of conversations go down. I talk, you talk, I talk, you talk. But instead of interfacing dialogue, we're not really connecting. So dialogic communication. Cancer. Oh, 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 I believe we forgot some pop stars. Oh my God, I'm so How sorry. Okay, dare terrible. you. Terrible, I just went right in. Also, Colin, you're in my phone as linguist. Stop it. It's true. And I wouldn't have known that. And you probably didn't even know I was a Gemini, no? I'm gonna I say, knew you were a Gemini, uh, but I also like, knew you duh. were a linguist. Oh, uh, thank because you, honey. Because when I binge watched, I was like, this bitch is a linguist. <laughs> this bitch is a linguist. And like, you should give readings because that's it. That's all you need to do with the Gemini. I do. I'm a psychologist <laughs> too. Like, we give readings. That's right. We just do it in a slightly different archetypical way. You know, I use the DSM. You use a natal chart. Like, <laughs> it is- <laughs> oh, Taurus, pop stars, Adele, Cher. Who else? There's so many. Oh, there's uh, Bono. Is an, I, not a pop star, but I think he's an amazing vocalist. Barbara Streisand. Yeah, a lot of Taurus vocalists. Gemini, Kylie Minogue uh-huh. is one of my favorites. Robin, okay, oh. the Swedish pop star. Hang with me. One of my favorite songs. Okay. There's a lot more. For Cancer, so to me, I think Lana Del Rey is probably... I, cancers love to claim Lana Del Rey. And I'm like, okay. Do you love her? I rented an Airbnb in Malibu once and it turned out to be the house that Lana Del Rey did the video in and we reenacted the entire video. Okay, right. And astrology isn't real? (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm convinced. Now Uh, I'm convinced. Guys, it is clearly real. I rented the place where she filmed. Which video? Which song? It was the one with the missile and the helicopter. Mm, I don't know that one. And Mm. running through the house. Okay, okay. On the ocean, on the ocean. You were Lana Del Rey-ing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Lana Del rey the hell out of that house. Okay, I love it. I love it. What I will say, I know she's not a pop star, rest her soul, but I actually think she's one of the most outstanding examples of cancer, Princess Diana. Oh, okay. Outstanding. She really was the queen of people's hearts. That's yeah. cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meryl Streep. Cindy Lauper. Okay, see, it's coming. But yeah, because P.S. folks... This is a on-the-spot analysis, so I'm like, this is all memory recall, all right? Your memory is impeccable. Thanks. Okay. So, Cancer, Leo, of course, so many Leos. Leo is the sign of disclosure. I know a lot of people think they're the sign of, like, charisma and attention-seeking, but I don't really think that's it. I think they command attention because they disclose, 
And there was something so beautiful and attention commanding about people who say, this is what I feel. This is how I feel about you. Because it's done so infrequently. So then when we observe it, we're like, wow, that's breathtaking, right? So I'm thinking of Madonna as a peak example. I mean, come on, as a peak example of Leo, Barack Obama, not a pop star. Could be. Could be. Could be. Also very Leo. And that, yeah, there's just a lot of Leos in performance. Whitney Houston, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> there is no more Leo than Miss Whitney Houston. Whitney. I know, rest her soul. Okay. Aww. Virgo, here we go to the Virgo energy. So they are the sign that I'm going to actually first lead with what I don't think they get enough credit for. They're hysterically funny, Scott. Oh. You will track Virgo comedians almost everywhere. Kiki Palmer is an amazing example. Yeah. Amy Poehler is a hysterical Virgo. Virgo comedians are at the top of their game. And Beyonce, please. She is funny, but she doesn't try to be. Like, my favorite moment from Homecoming is when she said, well, I just don't really want to move forward until I see my notes applied. Why am I going to work more when you haven't worked at all? Virgo shit. I love it. I fucking love it. I'm like, you know what? You tell him, girl. Okay, so Virgo. And then Libra. There's a lot of Libra pop stars. Okay, Libra is the sign of relationality. So they're actually all about what it means to leverage polar opposites. Because I'm sure we know, you know, our strengths are often going to clash against other people's challenges. In interpersonal dynamics, we have one person who's afraid of abandon, another person's afraid of oblivion. You know, it's one or the other. We're always working with that choreography that is astonishingly Libra. And fuck, why am I blanking on the pop stars? A Libra pop star is going to come to me later. This is embarrassing. Okay, the okay, so it is. No, so my brother tells me this because he loves the astrology of music. He loves the astrology of music, yeah. So one of his favorites is the lead singer of the Alabama Shakes. He says that she's an amazing example of a Libra singer. And I may have to type this in because the name needs to be mentioned. Okay. It is Brittany Howard. Okay, Brittany I thought Howard. you were going to say Britney Spears. Oh, I mean, Sagittarius. Brittany Howard is his favorite Libra. And Sting is a Libra. There's another one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now we'll go to Scorpio. Scorpio is a sign of intimacy framed as into me see, right? At, from Esther Perel. So what does it mean to through sexuality and through a sense of, yeah, just sharing substantial information about yourself, really gather deep intimacy. I also think that they're the sign of trust. So I think Scorpio energy is all about what it means to have a confident relationship with the unknown. That's how Rachel Botsman defines trust. So really moving from the known to the unknown, that's Scorpio. And for famous <laughs> Scorpio singers, okay, so my friend just sent me this freaking song, and it is by SZA. They love SZA. Okay, yeah, see, because I'm not that musical, so I need to, like, step up my musical expertise. So, you're really putting me on the spot, and I appreciate it. I like to push your edges and your boundaries. Okay. Oh, my God. It has I know. nothing to do with my sign. I just yeah. want to be clear. Cancer Taurus a little bit. You're like, you want to call yourself an expert? Let's see what you fucking got. All right. Like, <laughs> I never did. Okay. So, that's Scorpio SZA. Sagittarius. Brittany. Taylor. Miley. Christina, okay, Nicki Minaj, there are, yeah, that, she can fucking sing. So, Sagittarius is the sign of vision and what it means for us to change our life through introducing generative possibility and vision into circumstances that keep us stuck. 
You know, I think that's why Sag is actually very confronting because they remind us that so many of the limitations that we perceive are just inaccurate. They're just not there. You know, a lot of us actually defend our limitations and go, I can't, I won't. And then Sagittarius breaks us through that through different vision. Capricorn, they are the sign of emotion regulation. That's right. And I feel like if you want to make a Capricorn happy, manage and move through your emotions responsibly and don't show your ass in public. Just don't. Oh, yeah. Oh. And I mean that figuratively, not oh, literally. Oh, Yeah, right. Okay. So then, yeah, all, all the Capricorns now don't want to talk to you because they know you've shown your ass. <laughs> They're like, forget it, Scott. I don't want to watch you anymore. Look, we all had to pay our way through grad school somehow. Listen, education's expensive, okay? I love education it. is expensive, people. That tab, forget it. You think those letters after my name were for free? Free? No way, baby. That MD was not F-R-E-E, okay? <laughs> so, for Capricorn pop stars, I think Elvis is an amazing example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. There's a lot of Capricorns in politics. Michelle Obama is an amazing example. Yeah, Capricorns just lead. Aquarius, Harry Styles. There we go. Amazing Aquarius example. Just progressive, like queer, not queer, who the fuck knows. Very Aquarius, right? And then they are the sign of community, of mass mutual reliance, of really social justice and moving collectively us towards better ideas, right? The critical mass that wake up and have a better idea, that's all Aquarius, right? And then lastly, Pisces, Rihanna. There are so many Pisces pop stars. Rihanna is probably the number one. And they actually are the sign of transcendence and what it means to really identify how worldly ideas on scarcity, competition, comparison are really ineffective and terrible ways to manage life. So they lean on love, forgiveness, creativity to experience great lives of meaning and depth and connection. I love Pisces. So I hope that covers it. Did I do it? I think you did. Okay. Golf claps. All right. Golf thank claps. You. Thank you, yes. Scott. I know. I wish I knew more pop stars, but like I didn't leave any of them hanging. Everybody got one. You know, everyone got at least one. Yeah, that's true. Right. Others. Yeah, I think so. Others got <laughs> more because maybe it just so happens that, you know, certain signs are gravitationally pulled towards popular culture. That's okay. Or you're more tuned to some pop stars than others. Yeah. I think we all know when I came of age and what I was listening to mm-hmm. and what I haven't stopped listening to is really the problem. It's yeah. become very clear to all of us. Yeah. That I am a gay boy who came of age in the early 90s. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, just hearing you describe those 12, you know, I really hear the kaleidoscope of human nature embedded oh, in yeah. that. Yeah. And I, and I just, you know, so appreciate it because it's like, fundamentally, we all want to be seen. We all want to be reflected back who yes. we are. Yes. And I can really hear how diving into that kaleidoscope gives us an opportunity for that. One. 100%. And I think I don't really talk 100%. a lot. 100%. 10 zillion, billion, quadruple, billion percent. Um, what he said plus one. <laughs> Damn it, cancer. This Taurus moon, he's like, I'm not letting you win. <laughs> yeah. And I don't actually chat about that enough. But I think because it, it makes me legitimately very emotional. But what's incredible about this system is how it has helped me show up for the people that I love and care about. And really try my best to, and of course, ask them, not just go, well, I know that because you are this way. This is what you need. No, you know, just use it, ask questions about them. But astrology has really just made my relationships so 
vital and so vitalized and so loving and joyful and fun and reliable. Like it's really, it, it has connected me to that inescapable network of mutuality in astonishing ways. It's, I think that's the greatest gift of this system for me in my life is what it's done to my relationships, not even professionally and all of that, relationally. That's beautiful. Can you give us some examples of how that's manifested? Well, for example, the two best friends that I hung out with last weekend, one's a Taurus, the other is a Sag, very different energies, but thankfully they get along so well. And I just feel like I know based on their charts, how to get along really well with them and like make them happy. And so when I wanted us to all get together under the new moon in Gemini, I knew call the Taurus first because she's going to need hours to prepare. And she did. <laughs> but she was like, okay, okay. All right. I could hear in her high pitch like, wow, so didn't expect this last minute change. Okay, I'm going to do my best. And I was like, but Melissa, I will get the food. I will take care of everything. So like, this is not on you. You just need to open the door at 730. Could Melissa handle that? Absolutely. because You I, nailed it. I, I, I like With Taurus energy, I'm like, I will take care of this. This is all you need to do. And thankfully, because, and I'm not kissing my own ass, you know, she's languaged this to me. Over the course of our friendship, I've proven to her that when I say I'm going to do something and shit's about to happen, she can take that to the bank. So she went, all right, no problem. So we have this amazing trusting relationship, Gemini Taurus. And then for my Sagittarius friend, I had to tell her like what a party was going to be, right? So I was like, hon, listen, I know we were supposed to go out dancing on Saturday night, but instead take the train to the islands. We're going to get your big ass garlic knots. We're going to have our own 90s pop star moment. We might throw in some hallucinogenics. Who knows? You know, we might shove them in the garlic knots. Who cares? That is some placement. Oh, is it New York spirituality or what? <laughs> All right. Ayahuasca stuffed into like a sub sandwich or pizza. Pizza. Come on. Listen, that's how it's done. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, she was like, okay, I'll take the train and get there at 10. And then all day long, you know, we just can kind of say to ourselves, all right, so I'm just going to have a water sign moment, which is hot wire talk for let's have a parallel moment of play in silence because I just need to go within a little bit. And it's no shame. It's no disappointment. It's like, okay, great. Like, we just know how to adapt to each other and respect one another because Harvel Hendricks defines conflict as an objection to difference. Astrology doesn't immediately regulate your objection to difference, but it significantly minimizes it once mm. you realize, well, they're just doing that and I'm doing this and one's not better than the other. So, yeah, I don't know if that was your concrete example, but hopefully I answered it. Yeah, I mean, I hear you identifying how it offers a map to just coexist in difference. Yes. Ooh, beautiful. I'm going to write that down. Even within the kaleidoscope of the human nature. Yes. You yes. can write that one down too. I just did. Kaleidoscope of human nature. Okay. And I will not say that I fashioned that language. I'm going to say you did. Okay. Oh, attribution oh. matters, but it's true. And haven't you noticed in your practice that people are having like an increasingly minimal tolerance for difference? Yeah. And conflict. Yeah. Oh God. Conflict. Absolutely. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Let's talk about it. I know this is your podcast and I don't want to be the one, you know, this is our podcast, but yeah, no. So I think that we are really struggling to have tough conversations and manage disputes. What do you say? I love the book, Conflict is Not Abuse. Oh, okay, okay. And I love the idea that conflict is inherent and part of human nature. Me too. And that it doesn't mean destruction. 
It means that we are meeting each other's needs that might be opposing. We're meeting our differences in the present moment. Yeah, yeah. And when we can't meet it, it escalates to something. Yes. But I wouldn't necessarily call the eruption of not being able to meet like the same thing. Yes, 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 yes. The eruption, not the same thing as the conflict. So the yeah, outburst. the tension. Yeah. Okay. 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 You know, there are no perfect relationships, and this like Disney fantasy of like it's all magic carpet ride, and no right. one gets into a fight or an argument. Like I have a friend who told me she had never gotten into a fight or an argument or had any tension with her husband of twelve years, and I said, "Yikes." I mean, it just popped out. Good, 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 <laughs> cancer. Good. Okay, cardinal sign shit. Yeah, and I was like, what do you mean? And then we deconstructed it. And that by the end, she was like, oh my God, I am so avoidant. And I was like, I'll send you the bill. <laughs> you paying for this? You paying right. for this? Because right. that theft, you know, <laughs> I went to school for this shit. What she thought was peace was actually avoidance. And what we had talked through is like oh. tension is inherent in relationship. Difference is inherent. We are not tension. one entity and we have different opinions, different perceptions, different realities based on our experiences of the past and our perceptions of the future. So, there's no way. We might have in the Venn diagram of realities overlap, yeah. but we will never be totally overlapped to the point where there is never tension between difference. I love it because it's also making me think of relational dialectics mm -hmm. and how... It's a big word. Can you deconstruct that? Yeah, God, I'll do my best. <laughs> so, I'll send you the bill. No, <laughs> no, no, because I'm, I'm no scholar in this. But it really changed my thinking in that it's a communications theory by Leslie Baxter, Barbara Montgomery, put forward in 1995. And it's all about how every form of relating is inherently a contradiction. Mm -hmm. And every contradiction is very tense. Mm -hmm. Right. So, in one breath, we can want simultaneous connection and disconnection from the same person. And that tension is, I want to be with you, but my God, I need time alone. I want novelty and excitement and anticipation and surprise, but I want reliability, familiarity and consistency. I want you to text me often, but not too much where you're up my ass. Right. And then we have the privacy disclosure attention around, all right, I know I need to share in order for me to be close to you. Self-disclosure is the path to connection, but not everything needs to be shared at this moment. So what about privacy? What about actually going to bed angry? What about actually recognizing, you know what, I don't want to be avoidant, but at the same time, nothing good is going to come out if I open up my mouth right now, but I know I'll eventually need to disclose. Those tensions are really hard to manage. And people, I think, because we live in such a polarized culture, think polarization is the standard, is the norm, is the indicator light of connection and compatibility. And Libra says, no, the fuck it isn't. Okay, so that's what I love about my Libras. And what I love about how you actually were like, yikes, hun. That's not cool. So, that's great. No, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And as you're sharing, it's like the reality of like, I might want space and proximity at the same time. Like, I love that because it is true to our human nature that we have complexity, that we can truly yes. hold multiple truths. Yes. And that, yes. and it's, and if we look at the map that you were describing, earlier of astrology, it's within that kaleidoscope is the complexities of the multiple truths of who we are. 100%. zillion percent. Okay. And therefore, one is not more important than the other. And you know what I always think of too? Like, 
And I say this to my clients, like, hun, if there's a perfect person out there, are they looking for you? Hopefully. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> that was how it, I know. I'll fucking say it. The New Yorker me is like, oh, yeah, Prince Charming, Mr. Perfect is looking for my dumb ass. No, the fuck he isn't. I am too much. So, like, you know, it's just also this idea of, like, who are you to think that this is what relationships are? You're just as flawed as everybody else, hon. Okay? No more or less. But, you know, we all have the work to do. We're worthy and we're works in progress concurrently. But it's just the level of expectations that people have that go unchecked, unexamined. And that's why our work, hopefully, can be helpful to others where you really just have to be like, you know, what script are you living from and how's that working out for you so far? Yeah, no, I love that. You had talked about like how understanding your, I almost said navel map, natal map. Call it a natal map. Yes. Natal, the nasal natal, map. The nasal, the nasal map. map. The, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the map. Yeah. You know, really, <laughs> really helped you deepen your friendships. Of, 100%. Avoid and meet conflict in a healthy way. Yes. And I wanted to follow up with that a little bit. Oh, sure. And okay. So, like, what does my chart say about our potential relationship? <laughs> I mean, our hypothetical relationship. I want to share the screen so you can kind of see what I'm looking at. You'll have to read it because this is a podcast, Colin. Oh, my God. You're like, you're going to actually have to do your job? Yeah. Okay, so right away I'm showing that I'm ineffective. And now Scott's like, this guy. Okay. Uh, I can tell you what I'm reading into it already, but I'm curious what you're reading into it. Here we go. What I would say just for the level of individual before we even go into relational assessments uh-huh, is uh-huh. the fact that so much of the quality of your day is determined by the quality of your morning routine. Mm. And I think that's true for some, but not all, but it's definitely true for you. You have several signatures that want you to the best of your capability to spend time in the morning actually without purpose, Scott. So whether that is through visualization, journaling, meditation, but just I don't want anybody to expect too much of you really before 10 or 11 a.m. Okay. Yeah, you, you need a lot of time in the morning to just like be with your own thoughts, think about what you need to do, which I know is hard when you are in a helping professional, right? Though it's right there. Yeah. I usually start with like a half an hour primal screaming in the morning. Fair. Yeah. It's just organic though. I wake up screaming. Right. Just terrified of terror, the day. Terror screams. Terror. Cancer. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> Help me. No, I love my cancer clients. They're so much fun. Okay. What it also says is that the moon is the ruler of your whole chart. It's true. Yeah, right? Not just because you're a cancer though, honey, because you're a cancer rising. (laughs) I know. Yeah, no, that's so cool. And so what this would tell me is that you may want to, for approximately two years, actually get into the habit of tracking lunar phases, how you feel when a moon is in a zodiac sign. Do you feel differently in the monthly new moon phase, the full moon phase, the quarter, the waning, the whatever? Do that for two years because you could see the full lunar cycles in a year twice. And then that will determine and help you see, oh, it's true. I felt great when the moon was in this sign. I actually really needed a break when it wasn't, you know, so something to consider. I'm going to start telling my assistant, don't schedule things when the moon is in cancer. Uh That's my off time, right? So, yeah, and I realize that every time that I should have kept it light and I never do. And then I actually could see you potentially moving next year. Where? I don't know. It could be a different apartment wherever you are. It could be apparently, because I know you're in the city, it could be a different apartment in the city. It could be another residence. 
like a little Beyonce drop, like that kind of movement? That would be awesome. Yes. Okay. And, it, and I hope you call it lemonade. I will call it whatever you want. <laughs> whatever I want. As long as there's some shimmies involved. Uh, I hope duh. that's the movement that you kind of see is like some high kicks. Yeah. Oh, high kicks. No, you were raising your hands in the air like you just don't care. That's what I was getting from you. Oh, that feels yeah. like a good movement of like caring less. Yeah. Right. Just hands up, baby hands up, you know, and T-Way. So also, I'm seeing here that your destiny is ruled by Gemini. Oh, what up, Gemini? What up? You got a north node in Gemini. Okay. And so, yeah, linguistics, really important for you. But yes, there's there's going to be some amazing positive changes coming for you next spring around family and home. Mm. I will say, to go back for a moment, that linguistics is my kink. Oh, yeah. And that's why, okay. Oh, hello, oh, linguistics. Jesus. Why? Tell me why. Ah, uh, well, first of all, I didn't... boys are dumb and it's just so rare. That no, they I mean, no. yes, Stop. no, yes, no. Tell the truth. I, I had severe speech impediments and language disorders oh. my entire childhood. So, I also had a, a TI, like a small stroke in my language center, a couple oh, okay. of them in okay. my 20s. And so, like, language has always been such a struggle that I have always deeply appreciated the power of language and so it's it's something that was such a deficit that I was like, oh, yeah. And and it's really hot when someone is good at communication. Ooh, like knows how to ask good follow up questions, can deconstruct things, so articulate. Oh, come on. oh, have give you me dated? A fan. Come on, wait, spray bottle, spray bottle. Have you ever dated a Gemini? Is this an invitation? Uh, this a question first. <laughs> Right, but I this is getting I mean, awkward and blushy. And, Look hey, at you blush. Oh, okay, maybe. Oh. Right. Have you ever dated one? It's a yes or a no question. Can you remind me the dates that are Gemini for asking oh, for a friend? He doesn't know. He doesn't even know. May 21st to June 21st. Mm, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's May 24th. I had the best time. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, tell us about it. It's a long story, but don't distract. I asked you a question. I love that you were like, let's see if he can take the bait of more talking about himself instead of me answering this mm. question. I asked. I asked. A-X-E-D. Yeah. Okay. I'm really bad with remembering birthdays. Birthdays. Oh, no. That's all right. That's all right. Well, you'll have to tell me separately later on. And you probably don't want them to know. You know? I will go through my Rolodex Please. of past booze. So I'll hear from you in like two years. Probably. Oh, wait, right. no, the Rolodex is not that big, but... Yeah, 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 all right, Cancer, I, go ahead. No, I, I don't know. think I've dated a Gemini. Okay. I definitely know I dated a Scorpio. No, yeah, oh, everybody needs to date a Scorpio. Uh, oh. Uh, oh. No, it is the cost of admission. <laughs> it is the cost of admission to the life of being... Yes. Ooh. And then maybe even have your heart broken by one, because... Oh, that definitely happened. Good, then you're ready. Go ahead. For what? For the real shit. The Gemini shit? Is, no, that no, what, no. is that where you're going with this? Scorpio's the Listen, initiator. Listen, you flirt. Scorpio's the initiator. Look, okay. read our chart. Right. <laughs> well, we do have moon trines. So, we're both Earth moons. 
That's okay. good. That's, that's I don't know sign. what that means, but I... You want me am, to read the chart, I tell you, and you go, I don't know what it means. How well, I'm going to do you? an interpretive dance, and I need to know what it means <laughs> to do the interpretive dance, because I'm a mover. <laughs> All right, he's a mover. Yeah, you are very Cancerian, and they're cardinal signs, so they do move fast. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if that's ever been described to you, but... You mean I have given my apartment key to someone on the second date, yes. Is that what you mean? Oh my God, I kind of love it. Have you really? That's so cancer. Maybe a third date. All right. A second and a half. Okay. It was like second and a half. <laughs> but this wasn't like the old days when, when like dating was like a long time. Like we, we talked online for months before. That was we a dated. long courtship. Okay. So it was a long courtship. It was back okay. in the day with like OkCupid. Okay and Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. No, that makes sense. I meant more so like energetically, behaviorally, cancer is a fast sign. Yeah, they, they, live with a, they live with a sense of urgency and momentum as they should. I wrote a book about my constant urgency called Addicted to Drama. <laughs> it's also about being a New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I, I wanted to ask you questions about that. But yeah, so anyway, we have a supportive moon trine. Okay, we have a supportive moon. Did you, you say chime, like a, a sound? Trine. Trine, like a triangle. Yeah, T-R-I-N-E. Okay. So, we have the same element of the moon. So, you're an earth moon. So, you are very grounded, reliable. You appreciate a sense of commitment. You're decisive. You'll actually really love Scott Stanley's research on relationships. Have you ever ever heard of him? No. He's amazing. But I like his first name. Duh, right? You're (laughs) like, listen, I mean, we are namesakes. We are (laughs) namesakes. So he took the stance that when we slide into relationships instead of decide relationships, we choose constraints that we didn't really choose. Wow, that is some deep shit. I know. That's what I love about Taurus energy is that theoretically, they're not supposed to slide into anything. They're supposed to decide everything. Mm. I love the parallel between that sliding into relationship and like attachment theory here of like the anxious style of attachment of just like needing to jump in or move in. Is that the same kind of parallel? Oh, absolutely. And then, I mean, his research actually discourages cohabitation before either a significant relationship commitment because Mm -hmm. nothing's at stake. Yeah, I don't believe in cohabitation before marriage. And so that's why I just get married on the second date. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> and that problem is, solved. That gays, girls, and theys is cancer for you. <laughs> All right. I just got married on the second one. I really love people. No, I love cancer. Whenever I read my cancers in that voice, they're like, are you done? Like with that high pitched voice. I only do that for your sign. Oh, thank you. On behalf of us. All Cancerians who have had it up to here with me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so we got a great moon trine. Okay. We also have the same Mars placement, which means we're motivated by the same things. Yeah. Family, belonging, safety. I got to listen to this podcast you just recorded with your sister. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. I'm going to listen. That's where I'm going to get all the skinny. All the skinny on my childhood. That's right. And I'm going to be like, okay, let's see. I love that podcast because it was a perfect example of conflict of like, there's not as much a a shared space in the Venn diagram of our realities of what our childhoods were like. And so I loved that. And it was like such a discovery to learn that you can be so close to someone and realize how far away you've been your whole lives. Yeah. What's your sister's birthday? Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. (laughs) You can edit this out. Oh my God. Scott, it's it's all right. It takes place once a year. I do know that. That's good. Good to know. Okay, great. (laughs) 
Oh, it's April 17th. Aries. Okay, Aries. Aries. Interesting. Is she the one that called you an asshole? She's the one who called me an asshole, yeah. Of course. Oh, Aries women. I love it. Listen, say it, girl. <laughs> say it. Say it. I love her. I think I have so much fun with my sister. Oh, my God. Yeah, I told you. They're, to me, they light up my life, yeah. Aries bitches. And you have a twin sister, no? I do. We're Gemini twins. How's that going for you? Well, she just had a baby. She just had a Gemini baby. Oh, my gosh. Keep it in. Keep the, it in the Gemini. Literally 45 minutes before our birthday. <laughs> I was so That's mad, so selfish. Scott. I know. I was like, hun, I actually wanted the baby to be born on our birthday. I thought that would have been really cute and cool. Yeah. But instead, baby Robert was like, fuck you, bitches. Wait, were you born at like 12.05? We were born at 11.04 a.m. on May 24th. Okay. My recent nephew was born at 11.15, May 23rd, 2023. So, if he had just waited 45 minutes, we could have had the same birthday. But... That's some impatience. Is that part of his chart? Already, yeah. He's a Cancer Moon Capricorn Rising. So, and he wants what he wants when he wants how he wants it. I know how cardinal signs are. God forbid they're patient. He's also one month old. <laughs> right, but I see it. He just he, When he's not eating, he's pissed. Okay? <laughs> There's no in-between with him. No, but it's really beautiful. I think what I love so much about being a Gemini twin is like my whole life, even before I was breathing outside of the womb, I was in an interpersonal relationship. And now I try to do this for a living where I help other people find connection. And so being a twin marks you. And gives you a kind of awareness and orientation around partnership. And I think there's something really beautiful about how Gemini introduces humanity and astrology. And humanity appears in partnership. Because I think the symbolism in the education there is we're not meant to do this life alone. You know, we're meant to appear and be connected two by two. Right? So, at least that's how I would situate Gemini. And it's just a blast. Like, we work really hard. We take our lives very seriously. But we don't take ourselves too seriously. We just stay laughing. Right now, she's just up to her eyeballs and babies and, you know, she's got a daughter, two dogs, and all these Jehovah's Witnesses keep knocking on her door, waking the baby up. I'm like, put out a sign. And she's like, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, well, now you're a help-rejecting complainer. So, can you just put the sign on the door? Oh, get out of my face. And then that's where we go. But anyway, yeah, I love it. I love that. Well, congratulations on being a gunkle. Thank you. I know it is. It's really special. Yeah. My niece, Evelyn, is four. She's a Virgo. Mm -hmm. And we have a very special relationship. She's just such a little light. And her empathy skills, I think you'd appreciate, are just completely off the charts. She's just so caring and like loving. And I'm like, oh, don't ever change. They will. I know. You're like, um, (laughs) savor. Right. Spoiler alert. They turn into teenagers. (laughs) <laughs> not my niece no, not my niece. niece no she will i know but she's just so good she's so good my sister is she works in child psychology she's a school psychologist so she knows you know certain ways to instruct children on how to normalize emotion but call behavior into question the whole thing and i watch her do it and she's just amazing at it so no wonder my niece is so well adjusted i was gonna say it helps to have <laughs> someone who knows how to support the developmental process you know you know right if only we could all if only we could if only if only this show is also brought to you by the absolutely stunning and powerful tools for transformation that are created by omala even the name omala transports you to a place of flow and vitality 
these are some of my favorite products ever, like an amazing color-changing yoga mat that responds to your temperature and presence and reflects back your posture in real time. They have this incredible smelling skin balm candle that heats up to activate all the essential oils and vitamins that your skin has been craving for. I mean, look, if I could live in a giant bath of this candle, I would 100% do it. They also have these journals that lead you into a profound insight, and then you can plant those journals to create a stunning flower garden. I mean, damn, if that's not both deep and inventive, I don't know what is. If you're someone who desires to live in a luxurious flow of life and who believes in transformative wellness, then you have to check out Omala. Omala is giving my listeners an exclusive discount to treat yourself to something that is as special as you, boo. All you have to do is go to omala.com, that's O-M-A-L-A.com. Use the discount code DRSCOTT10 at checkout. And a portion of every purchase goes to an incredible charity. You got this. So is there anything more about our chart that I need to know? <laughs> like our compatibility? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hold on a minute. Well, you know what? Interestingly enough, by the time you get these amazing domestic changes, that's when I plan on moving to Italy. Wow. So I don't know if you are studying Italian, would like to move there, or just have an Italian getaway. But <laughs> that's really the most important thing. I just thought I'd let you know ahead of time. You know, like, do you like Rome? It's not, do I like Rome? It's more, I have celiacs and I can't deal with gluten. No. Well, uh, but listen, but listen, I know. So does my cancer mother. That's so wild. She really does. Not like a gluten intolerance. She really has celiac. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not popular like gluten right. intolerance. I got celiac. Okay, right. It's like, <laughs> no, bitch. I got a lab test. No, no, no. I know they, I, they're going to get mad at me. But yeah, no. So all this to say, Italy has done amazing work to make sure that their citizens and people can have gluten-free options. In fact, you can receive up to 800 euros to buy gluten-free food straight from Italy. Oh my gosh. So you'll be fine. I will be just fine. Now listen, you're going to be taking a beauty from your eyes that you're, you're just not even going to, you, you won't even realize. You're going to love it so much. I mean, what's amazing is I have a move in my future and I didn't even know it was going to be Italy. To Italy. Wow, I really got so much already out of this podcast. Home sweet Rome. I hope you're ready for it. Oh. Do you speak Italian? I do. Do you? Uh, yeah. Okay, let me see. Let me get back to you in a month. <laughs> I can't speak it fluently either. I can say like seven sentences with a really strong accent and then everybody's like, but I've seen what it goes on. Like, it's just six sentences. That's all I know. Anyway. When I did live in Italy for a short time, I spoke Spanish and they were kind about it because they I was like, des- I was in a little village. I was desperate Aww. Aww. for some food and they were very sweet and they didn't speak English. What village did you live in? What was the name of it? It was called Tuscania. Tuscania. Did you go there for school? I went there, I was teaching there actually, yeah. Excuse me, you were teaching English to Italian students or was it No, I was teaching somatics. You're like, no baby. No baby. I was young and teaching the art of the body and movement. Yes, yes. Such a Taurus move. It wasn't a long live. It was just long enough to say I lived there. Whatever. Yeah, right. It was like an extended 
holiday. For the purpose of the story, I'm buying it. Thank you. For the purpose of the dramatic nature of the story. Dramatics, okay. So based on our chart, would I be Rose or Jack? (gasps) No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Well, you are the water sign, so I'm going to say Jack. Okay. Right, because I would be like, I am not getting this cold water, I'm telling you right now. Oh, wow. So if I were just to start by saying, no, don't say your goodbyes, Rose. Don't you give up. Don't you do it. What happens next in this dialogue? Don't you do that. Don't you. And then she says, I'm so cold. Should I give the context around this? No. no? Okay. I'm so cold. Winning that ticket, Rose, was the best thing that ever happened to me. It brought me. Don't you say my line. Oh, sorry. You're going to get out of this. You're going to go on, on and you're, you're going to make, make babies, babies, Colin. Yes. And you're going to watch the Stop. You're going to watch them grow. Stop saying the lines as I'm saying sorry, this. This sorry, is very sorry, distracting. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you're going to grow and you're going to die, an old lady. Warm in bed and stop mouthing the word. <laughs> Not here. Not this night. Do you understand me? I do. <laughs> yeah, right. And she says, I love you, Jack. I can't feel my body. I'm dissociated. Fuck. Okay, right. I can't right. I can't feel my body. And then you must do me this honor. Rose, listen to me. Rose, listen. Winning the ticket is the best thing that ever happened to me. It brought me to you. Jack is having trouble getting the breath to speak. And right. I'm thankful, I'm thankful Rose. That, Rose. I'm yeah. thankful. His voice is trembling with the cold, which is working its way to his heart. <laughs> but his eyes, his blue eyes are unwavering. You must do me this honor. Promise me, Rose, you will survive. That you will never give up. No matter what happens. No matter how hopeless. Promise me now and never let that promise. Never let go of that promise. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. Never let go. Yeah. She grips his hand and they lay there with their heads together. It's quiet now, except for the lapping of the water. Jack passes away and Rose takes his t-shirt and steals it and brings it home. The t-shirt! I'm fucking dead. Oh my God. <laughs> I would have done that. Yeah, I would have taken something of his. I know. Come on. Is that your Gemini nature? This is, is actually That's... a true story that I heard about you. Heard about, yeah. Heard about you heard on the about. interwebs. Okay, yeah, it's true. Because I actually have a Mars and Cancer like you. So I, mm-hmm. I, like, I like tokens. <laughs> I do. And what were the tokens you took when you were younger? T-shirts. Mm-hmm. T-shirts, especially freshly laundered ones. Freshly laundered T-shirts from yes. people's homes you had a night with. Or several, depends, you know. Or several. I'm a one boy at a time kind of boy, typically. Okay, yep. okay. that's what the chart typically. says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My chart, okay. yeah. Yeah, your chart. Yours, I don't know, Mr. Venus and Leo. This is not the time nor the place to discuss it. But, but uh, then what were we just doing? Talking about your t-shirt token fetish. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. Fine. It's true. Yes. I have a linguistic fetish and you have a fetish of taking people's t-shirts from their homes. Uh, yes, I'm a thief. Okay. <laughs> you're an academic. We're not the same. Okay. But it's true. Yes. I love stealing I'm okay with difference t-shirts. and conflict though. <laughs> okay. Right. We're not objecting to difference here. Yes. I steal t-shirts of boys that I have crushes on, especially when they smell like his laundry. <laughs> it's true. I love it. I love it. I love it. So you truly would take Jack's shirt? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Wow. Like in something, I would have taken something of his. Yes. Yeah. His blue eyes, 
pluck him right out of his skull. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I would have done, but I would have like found something. I know he wasn't wearing earrings because he wasn't like a Guido, you know, who died on the Titanic. Okay. But I would have found some memento to take. But yeah, I just think that the smell of laundry detergent is like one of the most erotic things. Wow. In my lexicon. Yeah. Wow. I get crazy every time I'm in the laundry detergent aisle. Mountain fresh, clean waters. Yeah, I have the pure waters beads that I just throw into my laundry. And oh, wow. Few things make me happier than a freshly clean car and like just clean laundry. Like I'm just all good. Wow. And would we have known that by reading your chart? Maybe, but not necessarily. Yes. I have signatures where like I am just really, I get crazy about hygiene. Wow. And I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. You know, it's just that I love the smell of chemicals, cleaning chemicals. You know, like me and my friends last weekend were talking about how much we love Windex and we were going on and on about Windex and how much we love it. And I'm like, see, this is why you're my bitches. Wow. Because we're all raised by New York women who like Sunday morning, get up. The friggin' vacuum is on. Party's over. Call your moms. You all got to go home. And the moms are cleaning on Sunday, bleaching everything. Okay. Oh, wow. And that was our that was our energy. And then every time I go over one of their houses, they're doing dishes, they're washing, they're vacuuming. I'm like, Good. my bitches are clean. I like that. Wow. So I can understand how it really reminds you of the yesteryears. It does. The, the smell. It really does. It does. There is something about cleanliness. And I just, I don't think people are frankly, you know, attentive enough as they should to that. I'll say it. Did you know that our olfactory system, our smell processing, is the most direct sense organ to our memory? I did, but I never knew why or how that was explained or like what that's about. Go ahead. Our nose just goes straight into our brain. Oh, uh, you're like... That's the science. Follow the path. Wow. Follow yeah. the path. <laughs> I'll tell you, you're staring at it, okay? So the nose knows. It really does. The nose knows. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I love it. I, I love, love that it. the nose knows. I know what else too. Let me just say this as well. Please. I really need American boys to start wearing cologne again, okay? Oh. Yeah. And don't hit me with this, uh, my skin's really sensitive bullshit. I will break out in hives. Oh, here we go. There are sensitive skin options. Okay, go to Sephora. It's not like everything is Aqua de Joe or some overly done Italian perfume. And I wear the overly done perfumes. Okay. Wow. But I just really feel like American boys get a little sloppy when it comes to their colognes. And I would just, this is a PSA to step your shit up. Okay. It's an instant level of like attractiveness boost. Why don't wow. they do it? I don't understand. I like the perfume of All Natural. Yeah, but like, come on, man. I'd love to smell like oud wood, you know? <laughs> Can we get a little fresh linen in here? I don't want to smell Au Natural. I smell Au Natural all day, okay? Mm, mm. But it's like when I, I like when a cologne or a fragrance is associated with somebody. I can clock my bitches' perfumes from outer space. I know who's wearing Chloe, who's wearing D&G. What if I, on our first date, wore seventh generation laundry soap, just slathered it? Would that be enough? Yes. As long as it wasn't fragrance free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I will trade my current fragrant free seventh generation. I knew it. Gentle, fragrance free, dye free bullshit. <laughs> oh, the fuck? You want to talk about drama? That's dramatic. 
The okay. fragrance free is dramatic. Yes. Oh, it is dramatic. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, fucking put cologne on and throw in a fabric softener, dryer sheet from Bounce. I've had it with the level of laziness. Go. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly a joke. In case anybody is unsure of my satire, okay. This is satire. This folks. is satire. Look it up if you don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the definition in the show notes. Please, please. All right. <laughs> Go to school. Read a, <laughs> read, a, read a dictionary. Go ahead. Before we wrap up. Wrap up? We were just getting started. I know. Well, this is an extended goodbye. It's what I like to call my Jewish heritage goodbye. So we still got another like 20 minutes. Yeah, right. Oh, hum, wait, yeah. before I let you go, <laughs> let me just drop this off. I know all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'd like to throw a little more confrontational tension into the room. Let's do it. So, going back to the subject at hand of astrology. Yeah. Remember when we were talking about that? Yeah. Oh my God, you gave me the wrong birth chart? I gave you the wrong birth chart? Wouldn't that be funny if you were like, I was wrong, I gave you the wrong one. Well, that's going to lead us into where we're going. Oh, and shit. I, di- I did give you my right birth chart. Oh, I would thank God. I would okay. never deceive you, Colin. Thank you, sweetie. We'll see about that. I will likely deceive you, but not today. Okay, 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 okay. But that's, you know, we'll work on that. <sighs> we'll work on that. So, there's a few theories in social psychology that kind of bring up some confrontation with astrology. And the first one is it. like our confirmation biases. Of course, number one. Where we pay attention to what fits us and ignore what doesn't. And I'd like to like navigate, like how do yeah. we come into contact with our confirmation bias about like what's being told to us about our signs and and who we are and how, not who we are, but how we might be in relation to it. Well, I think we would start by if we're putting in the fact that we don't need to ignore what doesn't apply to us. Yeah. Right? Like even just yesterday, I shared with my readers that I don't believe that we need to say only the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces are so emotional. Because then what happens? The water signs believe they're the most sensitive, tender ones. They go around looking for it. And you're like, and now it applies to you. Convenient. And now it applies to me because yeah. that's my fucking confirmation that's fucking bias. True. Right. No. That's meta. There we go. I think what, cha- what helps me is I go to the clinical research. I go to the evidence-based findings. I go to the science and I try to integrate it into the astrology as best as I can so that I'm not ignoring what doesn't apply. I'll take the universal truths and try to animate them in astrology and then do my best to communicate them from a way where it's not just me finding what I'm looking for. It's me actually integrating what disagreed with what I thought two weeks ago. Mm. Mm. I don't know if that answers the question, but I do try to do that as often as possible. I don't need an answer. I just need a, a confrontation to the confrontation. All right. He likes to fight. Okay. What else you got? <laughs> All right. What's called the Barnum effect. And the Barnum effect is a tendency for people to accept vague or oh, yes. general descriptions as accurate to themselves. And there was an episode of, I can't remember if it was 2020 or 60 minutes back in the 80s before you were born, boo. I was born in 89, don't even. Before you were born. Okay, and... I was alive for six months. Don't okay, start. here okay. we go. All right. All right. So, in this Ooh. episode of 2020 or 60 Minutes, I can't remember because I'm still drunk from two weeks ago. But that's not true. I don't actually drink. But the participants in this episode were all given Hitler's astrology chart. And they all read the general description and everyone said, in, you know, they were given it to individually. Oh, my God, that's totally me. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Such an interesting episode. Wow. wow. And so that's called the Barnum effect, essentially, where we take these general and we go, yes, that that's applies me. to me. That's right. me. And, right. Or I'll fit myself into it or somehow navigate it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Barnum effect. That's a lot there. That's good. Well, again, I mean, that could very well be. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not true. Yeah. And also, like, I try to be as granular and specific as possible. And the beauty of astrology, too, is that the natal chart, Scott, does have every single zodiac sign in it. Mm. So it's not a zero-sum game where I go, well, I'm a Gemini, so therefore I won't relate to the other 11. No, that's not true. If you look at an image of the natal chart, you will see every single glyph of the zodiac is within you. You might be kind of majoring in a particular sign, minoring in the other. You can have a dominant stance, but you're going to have all of it within you. And honestly, I think that's very beautiful if we're thinking about it from a social evolutionary standpoint in the sense that we are not that different from each other. Do I think that there's something to be said about Hitler's chart described and everybody then realizing in their own ridiculousness that that was not the person who they would ever in three trillion years want to be connected to? A little. But I think, you know, we spend so much time on announcing what makes us different from others, which is necessary, but it's ultimately not sufficient to go to where we want to go. I think when we're examining identity on a spiritual perspective, we're bigger than the body. We're connected to something that's universal, that defies limits. And so I love when people can go, that's me. No, that's me. And now there's a connection rather than a disconnection there. So I think the Barnum effect is real and also... I think that the study of archetypal analysis would suggest that we have all of them within us. So we're going to evoke, we're going to speak to, and then there is something about, isn't it amazing when we're around other people who bring out that side to us and then show me my own multitudes and complexities. I think it's great. So it doesn't limit astrology. It certainly would inspire me to make sure that what I'm representing and teaching is very grounded, but I will remember that for future ideas. Thank you. I would say that was a mic drop moment. Was it? I thought you navigated that so excellently. I wish you had acrylic nails as you said it. Not the acrylics. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I know. Wait, what do you know about the acrylic nails? I binge watched you. And okay. I know that you. I, there's so many episodes where episodes, episodes of Instagram where you were like, Talking with your hands and you were just like, I wish I had the acrylics. Forget it. Okay. Because when my bitches have the acrylics and they're like, clicking on the fucking keyboards, right? And then let me tell you what, Long Island cashiers who are femme presenting and got to wear uniforms, you look at their nails, it's their whole paycheck. I know damn well. They are absolutely delivering fine art on their nails. And every time I see it, I'm like, wow, I don't hold a candle to you. And I'm really impressed with the star moment right now. And they're like, thanks, hon, I know. All right? <laughs> it's all about the nails. It is. It's just personality. I love it. Well, noted and thank you. No, I really will think about that. And it's not Barnum Effect or astrology. It's Barnum Effect and, right? You know? And so, it's just something to keep in mind. And I think, again, you know, that's why I try to, in my analysis, make it as grounded and distinct and granular as possible. Beautiful. Thanks, honey. So are you. What? Uh, go ahead. 
stares <laughs> off into the sunset. Stares off into the sunset. sunset. Uh-uh. And I appreciate that's that holding the multiple truths again, which I think is, as we've talked about, like really embedded in the kaleidoscope of being of our human nature that's yeah. represented in astrology here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also, and not to take you off topic, but I would like us to remember that science hasn't figured everything out and neither has spirituality. Mm. Speak to it. You know, just to the fact that it's incredibly, you know, speaking of evidence, Brene Brown, social workers and clinicians do argue that a spiritual practice is essential for well-being. If astrology is other people's spiritual practice and it theoretically is working for them and not keeping them in further shame or isolation, mind your fucking business. Yeah. The studies are so interesting about why. I love that because it's not just like having a hope and a belief system lets us get out of our existential anxiety, Mm, (laughs) which is part of it. But there's also something that often occurs in spiritual community, which is the sense that we'll be taken care of, that others will see us, that others will check in on us. It's that communication, the community aspect of it that's really changes and it buffs up our immune system. I love it. I love it. And then the other part about just like, for me, spirituality is about belonging on so many levels. Yes. It's belonging to something beyond ourselves. It's belonging Correct. to something within ourselves, and, and ideally simultaneously. Yes, yes, and yes. 100%. I love it. Yeah. Cancer, belonging. Cancer, belonging. Acrylics. Go Acrylics. Ahead. Last one. Okay. Is in the social psychology pieces is self-verification. And this is that we act in ways that confirm what we are told about ourselves. Okay. So, if you were to say to me, like, a Cancerian Taurus does these particular things, I might start to act and verify and, and do that because right. I'm told that that's who I am or how I should be. And I would say, okay, right, that ring is true. And also, let's look at the quality of results that would happen when. That happened when, right? And so, if you live in alignment with what astrologers say and it promotes well-being, who gives a fuck? Fair. <laughs> so, it's like, oh, God forbid I ask somebody to help me understand who I am, you know, like we do with friends, like we want friends to do for us when we're going through a breakup and we want them to remind us what our value and worth is. God forbid we interact with other people and say, can you help me understand who I am right now? Because it's temporarily inaccessible. Yeah. Right. And then if we tell them and it actually works, what's the issue? Yeah. And that's the thing. I think what where we get so caught up in spirituality or science is the quality of the results, the quality of the experience. I don't need anybody to, be, to believe in astrology. I need them to experience it for themselves. And if their experience proves that it works for them, amazing. Just like there are people who claim to believe in a loving God. And what do they do in the name of that loving God? How's their results working for them? What's their experience prove? That they're loving? I don't think so. So that's what I try to do with astrology and spirituality of any kind is, okay, self-verify all you want. How's it working for you so far? And I say that to other astrologers too. We have this tool for relationality. And wow, you act like this in front of people? What are you talking about, right? So anyway, I just think it's the quality of the results that matters. I love that. I love that. Thanks. It is about the embodied experience and what brings us towards wellness. 
Yes. And if it's not astrology, that's totally fine. I hope whatever's working for somebody works. But again, I think when we get too caught up in the belief and the doctrine, the the theory, rather than, well, wait a minute, are your relationships solid? Oh, great. How's your health? Excellent. Uh, what about your finances? Pretty clear? You got it under control. Your job? Check, check. Meaningful, purpose-driven? Why am I asking and not minding my own business then? <laughs> <laughs> Mind the business that pays you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm so aggressive. I'm sorry. You know, anyway, go ahead. It's a New Yorker. Come on. Or right? Gemini. I'm not sure. I'm just going to throw labels oh. and see what fits in a confirmation bias. New Yorker. <laughs> Geminis really don't care, but I, I care about this. I'm, I'm really driven I, by this. I appreciate your passion. You know? Yeah, see, Jews and Italians were constantly like, wow, you know, emotional outbursts. I love it. That's, there's very little disconnection between our cultures, or so I've been told. Okay? <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, we, we're going to find out at our wedding, won't we? Well, we will find out as we play out Rose and Jack, <laughs> and I get my t-shirt stolen. I yes, 100%. And then you're like, oh, so Italian steel. Here we go. <laughs> I did not Beef. say that. Beef. Beef. Okay. Okay. I know. Let's get canceled. Yes. Just like Pluto. What? <laughs> I know. Okay, go ahead. So, we have a write-in. Like, we okay. have an opportunity for folks to write in and get advice. We have yeah. like a little advice column that we call on the show, Dear Midwestern Mom. Love it. And so... I had a letter come in last night that I found like it would just be brilliant for us to go through and give some advice to this person. I'll start with the advice if that's okay. Yeah. Because, you know, I have a degree um, (laughs) in that. I'm just kidding. You can also start. I don't care. I love it. I love it. Go ahead, Mr. Degree Holder. (laughs) All right. I have a degree in advice giving. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's working out for me. Yeah, he got it from Yenta University. Yenta, Yenta University. (laughs) That's funny. All right. I'll read it out and then we'll we'll give it a go. Okay. Dear Midwestern mom, my new boyfriend is much kinkier than I am. He's been telling me he is interested in golden showers and water sports. It doesn't really turn me on, but do you think I should try it once? Sincerely, Alex. Okay. Alex... What I can say, yeah, it's a big question. Thank you it for is. writing in to Dear Midwestern Mom. I can't even say my own name. Your accent is impeccable, by the way. Oh, you know I'm from the Midwest. No, I know. I'm just and, like, wow. And I am a Midwestern Mom yes, at heart. You, I, I am. Because you're a cancer. I, because I'm a cancer. Yeah. Right. So, right. Alex, what I would say to you is, you got to try polo. Water polo is all the rage. You got to give it a go. You know, anything you can do to expand your hobbies <laughs> is really important. You can't get stuck at home. You know, we all got stuck at home during the COVIDs and you got to make your way out. You got to go do things. <laughs> and if water polo does it, if it, you know, if you're rooting them on, if they're squirting the water all over the place, then you know what? God bless. You're doing something healthy for yourself. Okay. That's right. That's right. And let's see the golden shower. Golden. Colin, what's a golden shower? You know, I think that's what happens after the water polo match, right? Like they take uh-huh. the gold from the trophies that they win, they melt it down, and then they take a shower in it. Oh, God. Well, you know, that, yeah. you know, I, what I want you to do is protect yourself because metal can cause poisoning <laughs> in your blood. And I, hold on, I'm getting a message from the producer that's telling me that a golden shower is, oh, oh, it's urine play. 
Okay, oh, you're in okay. I did that's, not know that. We were yeah. warm. We were warm. We were okay. Cold. That that's okay. Well, let me tell you, Alex. I hear you saying, should you try the pea play just the once? And as a Midwestern mom, I'm going to tell you, you've already tried it. So as raising two kids, I got peed on a lot. You know, <laughs> if you've ever changed a diaper, you would know what pee play is. And yeah. they just squirt it out at you. They don't care. They, they don't, don't ask care. for consent or permission. Those babies, they'll just go right ahead. And they so will. you just get used to it. It's warm. It's cushiony. And, you know, it's just water with some yellow in it. And so that's it. If it helps you bring you closer to your new boyfriend, great. And also, if your boundary is a no, then you know what? Respect that. Respect that. There you go. Okay, Colin, what do you want to say to Alex? Well, I mean, I'm just so gobsmacked by how inaccurately I thought water sports and golden showers were. I really was with you. I thought it was water polo, maybe water Zumba. Oh, God, yeah, I love Zumba. Yeah, I figured you did. You and your little silver sneakers, retired moms. Oh, gosh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I always encourage to try something once, you know, just because sometimes like I, I always go, oh, I'm not hungry. And then I smell the food and then I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I am hungry. You know, sometimes we need to like put ourselves in the imagination space around it. So, yeah, I say give it a try. But then also like if you start and the boundary is so clear, like absolutely not say no. Agree to that beforehand. We're going to start small. I'll tell you how I like it. And then if I pull the plug, I need you to be done with it. And it's not up for negotiation. Yes or no. And see what they say. Yeah. We need a safe word. Oh, yeah. We need a safe word. But this also brings us back to multiple truths. Yes. Like, can we coexist in the tension of one person or a partner liking, having certain proclivities and another one not? And is there mutuality within the points of tension? Is there mutuality outside the points of tension? I love that. Right. And that can typically only be found, you know, through sometimes the embodied experience. No, Taurus Moon? Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear okay, you. Okay. I just wonder. So what I hear you saying to Alex is give it a little wet try. Absolutely. Just For, run the, uh, a sample, little wet try. I'm seeing a slip and slide right now, to be really honest with you. I don't know why, but I am. Wow. Which is a bigger than a wet try. But yeah, yeah, you know, it's all experimenting. And then if you don't like it, just say, nah, not for me. And then that's it. Yeah. And Alex, get your chart read. See if it's in your chart for a little pee play. Yeah, right. Well, if she's got some strong Virgo signatures, I can see her going absolutely not. But I'll look for other zodiac signs that would be open to water sports, maybe a water sign. Like a cancer? You said it, not me. (laughs) He's telling on himself, everybody. Scott is telling on himself. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm not going to refute that, but I'm not going to confirm that because I neither confirm nor deny as part of my profession. It's smart. Leave it that way. Leave okay. it that way. Leave it that way. Leave it open to interpretation. Suggestion. Interpretation. Suggestion. Mystery. Yep. Mystery. Colin, it has been an absolute pleasure. We played out Jack and Rose. We did. We read our signs together. We did. We deconstructed astrology, psychology, and spirituality. We did. I feel satiated. Me too, but in the best way. I'm so grateful. I'm so glad that I got the chance to connect. And thank you for having me on your channel because I think it really speaks to your openness to hear from other fields of knowledge that are not simply or just scientific. And there's no just there. Like we're so thorough. It's so helpful. But I think it's really great that we can have these conversations across the aisle, so to speak, and, you know, make sure that we are integrating rather than alternating approaches to well-being. 
Mm, love that. Thank you for playing in the kaleidoscope of human nature. You know, all right. Water sports and all. Water sports and all. Thank you all for listening. Check out Colin. We'll put all his socials. Colin, where can people get to know you? Queer Cosmos on Insty and then ColinBedell.com. Mm, go give him a stock. And the Freedom Car Wash, where I always am because I have an unlimited plan and I cannot stand when my car is dirty. That's the one in Long Island? Uh, is there any other place? Yeah. Okay, they already know when I was zipping in on. So that's where I am three times a week. So go get your chart read at the car wash, everyone. At the car wash. Oh my God, it's so fun. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gently Used Human podcast with Dr. Scott Lyons and friends. Visit GentlyUse.com for fun extras, including submitting your questions for advice from a Midwestern mom. And don't forget to spill the tea and gossip about the show with all your friends and frenemies. And show some love by giving us five stars and leaving a review in your favorite apps. This helps us connect with all the other gently used humans out there. Oh, and by the way, you look fierce today.